That was a good 30 years ago. T-Row and TJ, weekdays from 6 to 9 a.m. on the home of Sooner fans, the Ref Sports Radio Network. Locally owned on Campus Corner for more than 45 years, Balfour is ready for the season with all the newest styles and designs in shirts, hats, tailgating accessories, and just about anything you could put a Sooner logo on. Our selection is second to none, and we strive to provide the best service possible. You'll find great brands like Jordan, Nike, Champion, Antigua, Tommy Bahama, Game Day Couture, Zuzats, and many more. There is an extensive lineup of new polos, some very unique shirts, and quarter zips from Horn Legend for men and women, not to mention tanks and fashion tops for women. And Balfour always has something for the littlest Sooner fans from newborn through youth sizes. They also have received lots of new items that are great for decorating any room or office, letting everyone know you are a true Sooner fan. Choose from wall art, serving pieces, OU tumblers, coffee mugs, and water bottles. Don't miss the great collection of flags, banners, and pennants. Pet owners will love the OU collars, pet toys, pet jerseys, and other accessories. So get game day ready by coming to see us on the corner or shopping online at crimsonproud.com, where you will find everything Sooner. It's time for the Steelman and Thune at noon with Mike Steely and Parker Thune. Hit the guys up on the Riverwind Casino calling line at 405-329-9000 or shoot the guys a text on the Air Comfort Solutions text line at 405-651-3439. Live from the Brown O'Haver Studios, here's Mike Steely and Parker Thune. positive outlook even through this is because I've seen the work I've seen the buying I've seen the investment uh, I know uh, how they've responded uh, up to this point and, and so I believe in these guys and, and if, if there wasn't a the commitment to buying and all that I wouldn't be saying there, there has been so some of that was Kansas State give them the credit and then, and then others man we got to play well you can't play against a good team you can't play against a good team and then expect to win by not playing well, all right? Every once in a blue moon, you may not play well uh, on a particular side of the ball and still find a way to win, and who knows what would have happened uh, had we not just, again, uh, make some layups. Uh, we missed a whole bunch of layups, especially on defense, and then we just got whooped uh, way too often, too. I'm disappointed in this moment, but I, I still believe uh, with everything I got in this team and, again, what's still sitting in front of us. Wow, this could be a manic Monday, as Slim Pickens said in Blazing Saddles long, long time ago. What in the wide, wide world of sports is it going on here? Because Oklahoma got their butts beat Saturday night. That's what, what happened, plain and simple. You lose the line of scrimmage, you uh, don't tackle well, you false start yourself to death, you're going to get beat. Kansas State playing vanilla against Tulane. Still should have won the game, but they were playing vanilla against Tulane. They were anything but against Oklahoma. And uh, Adrian Martinez had the game of his life. The Sooners just uh, they didn't deserve it. They didn't make enough plays, didn't make enough stops. Silly penalties, overthrown receivers. Dylan Gabriel misses another touchdown pass. That's four and four games. Dylan Gabriel, in my opinion, didn't cost him the game. The defense did, but he's got to be better. 
And uh, ladies and gentlemen, welcome in. Steel Man and Thune here on a Monday. Hope your weekend went well. I know it didn't if you're a Sooner fan. But, uh, you know, here I am uh, Saturday night. I'm thinking, man, this is a downer. I can't believe that K-State came into Norman. Maybe I should have because guess what? Kansas State has the secret sauce against Oklahoma. Be physical. Dual threat quarterback, maybe not a great thrower who needs to have a good throwing night and needs to be able to run the football. And then you give the ball and get it to Deuce Vaughn in uh, in one-on-one situations. And, you know, he was just running the football through Oklahoma's defense as well. You play physical. You don't beat yourself. You win special teams, which Kansas State got the 60-yard-plus kickoff return, which, again, was a momentum killer for Oklahoma. And that's how you get beat. Kansas State against Oklahoma, has outcoached Oklahoma, they've out-toughed Oklahoma, they've outplayed Oklahoma, they've got the key on how to beat the Sooners. And uh, Oklahoma, I, I don't think it was an effort issue Saturday night. I think it was clearly, clearly an execution issue. But it was also, you got beat up physically on both sides of the ball. Kansas State, if they're not the best defense that Oklahoma's going to see this season, they're going to be right there. Baylor, maybe in the conversation. Oklahoma State's not what it was a year ago. Good on the defensive line. Not as great on the back end. Um, Iowa State's defensive looks from Matt Campbell give the Sooners some problems. We know about that. But this could be and probably will be the best defense Oklahoma plays this season. But they have a chance to win the game. They had 550 yards of total offense, and you can talk about some of that is at mop-up time, you know, when Kansas State's playing, pre-event, I get that. But think about what the Sooners could have done if they hadn't false-started themselves to death. If Dylan Gabriel hits Drake Stoops on that double move, if Dylan Gabriel hits Drake Stoops to convert that big play and move the chains again, the Sooners probably left 14 to 17 points on the board in that game. But guess what? you got to make the plays to go get those points, and they did not. They deserved the whooping Saturday night. Kansas State was the better football team. Now, moving forward, will Kansas State be the better football team? I mean, it's you know how college football is. Uh, it's crazy. You know, Texas Tech could go to Manhattan and win this weekend. You never know. This is a topsy-turvy, out-of-control, anybody's Big 12 to win. We'll see how the Sooners respond against TCU at 11 a.m. on Saturday. And you better go get that victory. You better go get that win. You're still better than TCU, but you can't play like that and beat anybody in the Big 12. Well, and that's a good TCU team, too, Mike. That's a team that's 4-0, too. So that's, Max that's no, played well. Yes, that's no cakewalk to walk into Fort Worth. No, it's not. Might have the best receiver in the country, certainly one of the top five. And uh, that'll be a test for Oklahoma. Now, again, I, do I think you should be pushing the panic button? No. But I think maybe you should have it nearby because if they lose Saturday, can you imagine? I mean, you've got you're looking at potentially seven and five or even six and six if you lose Saturday. And if you lose that game and that team starts to lose a little bit of belief, and I look, I completely I still believe in Brent Venables and this staff. I really do. I believe in in their culture and all of that stuff. I think they are trying to be you know, um, what they need to be when they go to the SEC. I think that's, uh, I think that's exactly what, uh, 
they're trying to get to because, you know, before you know it, they're going to be there, and you got to play that brand of football. But, again, this uh, this team, again, just uh, the defense was absolutely horrendous. It was the Yeah, it was the complete opposite of what we saw through three games, Mike. They were able to get off the field on crucial times on third down, especially against Nebraska. But, Mike, 10 for 19 on third and fourth downs for K-State. They just – the defense was on the field <laughs> so much. Yeah. Connor Pasby with me. Parker is uh, at the uh, Jeff Levy-Ted Roof uh, press conferences, uh, as he always is on Monday. He'll be at Brent's also uh, tomorrow on Tuesday. So he'll be here about 1235. We want to thank our first-hour sponsor, Tim Lasher, Lasher Home Comfort Systems, 405-579-3113, 405-579-3113. Turn the Star Wars music down so that we can hear BB talk. That's my bad. When I when I put that open together in the other production room, it, it sounded – you could barely hear the Star Wars music. So, yeah, I was thinking the same thing. I'm like, man, that Star Wars music seems a little bit loud. It didn't sound that way when I was mixing it down in the other production room. So I, I'm blaming it on the equipment. I take no responsibility. Actually, um, I should take full responsibility. But, yes, my apologies for that. Um, so, anyway, everybody's talking about, you know, first of all, if you were going to play the blame game, it's an overall team loss. It, they always are. But if I'm laying the majority of the blame, I'm going 70% defense it's gotta on that be. game. I mean – we saw solid tackling. We saw people executing their assignments. Now, look, it gets more difficult when you play a better opponent. I get when you're playing Kansas State, it's a lot more difficult than it is against UTEP or Kent State or a poor excuse for a Nebraska team. Maybe we bought into the first three games a little bit too much. I'm going to plead guilty to that. I thought the way they beat Nebraska, you know, kind of like, all right, I know Nebraska stinks, but they could have literally won that game by any score they wanted to. Uh, so maybe I bought into the hype a little bit much. I, I expected Kansas State to play Oklahoma tough, the Sooners to win, and probably win by, I think I had uh, 34-17 as my final, and now I feel really stupid. But Kansas State, again, has the formula to beat Oklahoma. And, you know, physical football, they were better on both sides, you know, on the line, offensive line, defensive line. Sooners ran the ball all right, though. You can't. Eric Gray had a great game. You know, again, I do think that uh, most of this is on the defense. And at Kansas State, again, when Adrian Martinez plays the game of his career, which he said it was, and it was, you know, it was just uh, it was just a tough night for Oklahoma. But the question is, how good can this football team be moving forward? We're going to find out. Let's hear from Brent Venables uh, because a lot of people are saying, well, Dylan Gabriel, just a guy. He can't win you anything. Dylan Gabriel, look, I tweeted this out yesterday. His numbers through four games are better than Caleb Williams' numbers, okay? Better in every category. They both have two rushing touchdowns. The difference is USC's 4-0 and Oklahoma's now 3-1. and USC also has taken the ball away 14 times. That's ridiculous. And hasn't given it up once. I mean, look, good job by the USC defense. I'm not saying, well, it's all pure luck. They're doing something there. But at the same time, you never see that stat in football. I mean, how many teams in their first four games get 14 turnovers, four return for touchdowns, and give up zero? It may have never happened in the history of college football. And the Oregon State QB had four turnovers, and they still had a shot to win yeah, the game did. at the end. So, again, uh, I'm not saying that Dylan Gabriel doesn't have to get better. I'm not saying uh, Dylan Gabriel absolutely does. When you miss a wide-open touchdown pass and 
your first four games, you've got to be better than that. You're the quarterback at the University of Oklahoma. You're not playing at Central Florida anymore, dude. You know, but Dylan Gabriel wasn't the reason they lost the game. It was the defense. It was the false starts. But again, I said this last week about another missed uh, throw for a touchdown against Nebraska. I said, in tighter games, these are the kind of misses that are going to cost you games. And again, I realize Aaron Rodgers, Tom Brady, whoever, Bryce Young, C.J. Stroud, the best quarterbacks don't make every single throw, but you can't miss a wide-open receiver for a touchdown every single week. You can't have that happen. And you got you got high expectations with past Heisman Trophy oh, yeah, winners. Yeah. So when fans and everyone sees a missed throw that could easily lead to a touchdown, they're going to they're gonna fire at you. Yeah, and uh, Sooner fans have been spoiled by a run of great quarterbacks. I think Dylan Gabriel is a, a, a solid quarterback. He's not a superstar, but, you know, if, they, if the defense plays better, he's good enough. Uh, but again, like I said, when you go to the Cotton Bowl, you get a wide open receiver, got to hit him for a TD against anybody in the Big 12 right now. Against Kansas, that game is up for grabs. You think Adrian Martinez had a game against the Oklahoma defense? What do you think Jalen Daniels might do? Now, again, Kansas State's a much more physical team on both sides of the ball than Kansas. But I'm just saying, man, they got a lot of tests still ahead. Here's Brent Vittables talking about uh, Dylan Gabriel's performance Saturday night. He played good enough to win the game, all right? Uh, but we needed to be a little more efficient at, at critical times. One, with penalties that aren't Dylan. Uh, and then two, we had some opportunity, just a few uh, missed throws that we had some guys open. But, man, I, uh, man he gave us a, a chance to win the game. And, and we didn't do uh, our job as a, as a football team uh, to help him. It's not all, you know, um, Dylan in some of those situations. It's Maybe it's the plays beforehand. Again, maybe it's the penalties, the procedures, uh, things of that nature, you know, all at the wrong time. But, um, again, in, in, again, critical situations, you know, you gotta got to be precise. And there's a lot to it. So whether that's how we're running the routes or uh, putting the ball where it needs to be and you know, probably easier said than done. And, again, that's a top ten defense, you know, in every category. And at times they played like it, and at times our offense, you know, did some great stuff. All right, again uh... – it, it was mainly the defense, but the offense, man, if you keep putting yourself behind the change time and time again like they did Saturday night, every time you felt like Oklahoma's about to grab the momentum in this football game, false start, face mask, 60-yard return on a kickoff, stuff like that, you lose special teams. Kansas State, you know, they win pretty much every special teams battle. They have for years and years and years under Bill Snyder, but again – <laughs> Knowles with the kickoff return. Every time you thought, even when it was 14 apiece, right? You're thinking, all right, this is settled down. Sooner's got some stops. They'll be able to take care of business. They somehow would make a stupid mistake. Kansas State would harness all the momentum in the game, and the Sooners were never able to really wrestle it back from K-State. Give K-State credit, man. They came in, and they beat Oklahoma in a lot of ways, every phase of the game. On Saturday night. Now the question is, where does Oklahoma go from here? And that's what we want to hear from you guys coming up here in the next segment. 405-651-3439. You say it's not Gabriel's fault, but it's been nothing but bashing him since you came on. Did I not just say he had better numbers than Caleb Williams? I think fans. Games? I think you need, fans go, are... you need to go see Weba at New Sound and get it, get some hearing aids installed. But I'm saying, is it not the truth? If you miss a wide open receiver for a touchdown in four straight weeks that you don't have to get better? Like I said, you look at the numbers and they're pretty good. 
They're pretty good, particularly no turnovers. Zero. That's big time. But again, I mean, you can't uh, you can't say that he doesn't have to, you know, start making more of these throws. Like I said, I don't expect him to make 100% of them. I don't. But you can't be in those situations where you get receivers running wide open like 0 of 4 on those. Well, especially critical saying. critical moments, too, when you absolutely need that play. Like, there was the, that play to Stoops. Oh, you really needed that to get things going right there. All right, we're going to take a timeout right here. Mike Steely and Connor Pasby. Parker Thune will be coming up here in a little bit. 405-651-3439 in the Air Comfort Solutions text line. Uh, Dylan Gabriel has accuracy problems. Yeah, he has. I mean, quarterbacks – he, he needs to be more accurate. There's no doubt. There is no doubt about it. Uh, but I still think Dylan Gabriel, as long as he takes care of the football, is going to be good enough for Oklahoma to win the majority of their games and, and maybe win a Big 12 championship if they can get that defense back on track. I don't know if Oklahoma was believing the press clippings or what, but uh, you know they've got to throw out a much better defensive effort than that, and they've got to quit shooting themselves in the foot. Oklahoma might have had 650 yards. They had 550. They might have had 650, 700 if they had quit shooting themselves in the foot. Parker's laughing at me as he comes in. I can <laughs> they would get they would get close to midfield and then get pushed back <laughs> once again. False start. Yep. Yes, I think he may be laughing about the hearing aid comment, but I'm just he saying, may have. you know, people hear exactly. I just said that Dylan Gabriel's stats are really good, better than Caleb Williams. Um, but again, you, you're you going to tell me that it's okay. You're going to tell me that it's okay for a quarterback in the first four games to miss a wide open wide receiver for a touchdown? And, and I'm not buying that. I'm not blaming the, the K-State loss on Dylan Gabriel. For the most part, he's been – Pretty solid, but you still have to be better. You also can't give up 500 yards to a K-State team as well. Yeah. Bruce uh, says Dylan did enough to win that game. The defense failed, period. I'm with you, Bruce. I'm with you. All right, 405-651-3439, Air Comfort Solutions text line. Mike Steely, Connor, thanks for coming in in short relief again. We've got Parker Thune here to join us for the second segment. Thank you, Lasher Home Comfort Systems, for sponsoring our opening hour, 405 405- Five seven nine thirty one thirteen four zero five five seven nine thirty one thirteen. Got some good texts coming in. Hey, disagree with me all you want. That's fine. That's what this is all about. Four zero five five seven nine thirty one thirteen. Okay, break time right here. When we get back, Parker joins us next here on the Ref. The word is spreading, and the Ref Army is growing. Keep telling your friends and family that there's only one station for true Sooner fans, and that's the Ref Radio Sports Network and worldwide on the KREF app. You want to rename the show Two Men Talking? Hey, I'm all for it. Yeah, probably be, be good easier, open. Probably be easier on the big voice guy. <laughs> it's time for the Steel Man and Thune at Noon. It's just a lot of syllables. <laughs> it is. You know it's a bad weekend when the PA announcer is getting blamed, right? To be fair, that was – what's the proper word? Because I don't want to throw anybody under the bus. That shouldn't have happened. The PA announcer an shouldn't be inserting himself into game-changing plays. All right, Miller time. Come on. Give me who carried the ball for how far. Timeouts, Kansas State. Timeout, Oklahoma. 
You're not cheerleading up there, okay? There's no megaphone to say, I understand they're trying to get the crowd into the game. Hey, Steely. Dad, you know, was there an asterisk by the uh, the penalties and four on the public address announcer? <laughs> like in the box score? <laughs> hey, Steely, USC's 4-0 and Speed D has 14 takeaways. Oh, my gosh. This is Dude, like, this I is blew like up. The- I was on GameCast Saturday night. Just praying, and then it pops up, Caleb Williams, touchdown pass to George. And I'm like, my entire weekend was ruined. Then I thought, you know what I thought, Parker? Well, I'll go play some golf in the morning and kind of cool off and everything. Went out, dead battery on the vehicle. Did you leave the lights on? No, I just, no? Okay. the guy told me, you know, there's a dead cell in it, so it cost me 300 bucks to get a battery, get it installed and all that stuff, so... That was my it's, weekend. It's like the book of Revelation, Steely. We're living in the 42 months. I mean, come on. Why Why are these football, these are the demons at work. To give Alex Grinch couldn't get a turnover in the McDonald's drive-thru. And now all of a sudden, 14 and giving up zero. That's like the greatest turnover margin in the history of college football through four games. And I think four of those returned for touchdowns. Why is Muleshoe getting a charmed life? Do you feel that you were successful in fending off the Dylan Gabriel haters? Is there um, anything that needs to be added to that conversation? No, I just got uh, a guy that accused me of being, being a D- Dylan Gabriel hater. I, like I said, I think his numbers are pretty good. He's been solid, not spectacular, but you can't overthrow a, a wide receiver for a touchdown in every single game. That eventually is going to get you beat. Now, Dylan Gabriel didn't get them beat Saturday nights. The defense did. And uh, the offensive miscues, you know, with putting themselves behind the chains. But, um, you know, to me, I, I, I was shocked by what happened. I, you knew that Kansas State, again, they kind of have the secret sauce against Oklahoma in so many different areas. Uh, and I know everybody looks at the two-lane game. Comparative scores are difficult. And K-State was playing vanilla. You know, I don't care if you're playing vanilla or what. You should still be able to beat two-lane. They couldn't. So... Um, for them to do what they did to the OU defense was shocking to me. Here's a little factoid for you, and props to OUinsider.com VIP member Sooner Jack 80 for bringing this to my attention. Before Saturday night, only once in school history had Oklahoma accrued 550 total yards of offense and lost a football game. Yeah. You want to take a stab at which game that was? Uh, would it be a Kansas State game? It was not a Kansas State game. It was the RG3 Heisman game in 2011. Oh, okay, yeah, at Baylor. That, that, you know, RG3's Heisman moment, of course, against Oklahoma. Um, yeah, and Parker, here's the deal. They could have had about 700 yards and a really good defense and certainly more than 34 points. Now, that's probably a little bit extravagant, but they could have had 600 and they certainly could have had more points. But, again, the false starts – uh, you know, the missed throw to Drake on uh, on fourth down. Like I said, I don't care what quarterback you have. He's not going to make every single throw. No, he's not. Dylan needs no, to make not. just a few more, particularly to the wide-open receivers. Um, I don't know. What, what surprised you most? It had to be the defense, right? Well, what surprised me most was the fact that they showed a complete inability to contain Adrian Martinez, which was the one thing we talked about all week that Oklahoma was going to have to do to make sure they beat Kansas State. Kansas State's one path to victory involved Adrian Martinez doing a hell of a lot of damage with his legs, which he did. And the inability to get off the field on third and 16, 
with less than two minutes to play. And we kind of got two different messages from Brent Venables and Ted Roof on it. I don't know if it was a missed assignment. I don't know if it was just Brent a said bad there was a call. spy there out of position. But that can't happen. The spy was like, it, apparently Inspector Clouseau because he was nowhere to be found. <laughs> Oh my goodness, Steely! That's just and and I tweeted literally seconds before it happens. We're about to find out how different these 2022 Sooners really are because if you can't get off the field on third and 16, you deserve to lose, and that team deserved to lose Saturday night. That defense deserved to lose Saturday night. Dylan Gabriel, for his part, did more than enough to win the football game. Did he leave a couple throws out there? Sure. Guess what? The reigning Heisman Trophy winner got picked off twice last week by Louisiana Monroe. There are 131 teams in the FBS, and I promise you at least 120 of them would kill to have Dylan Gabriel as their starting quarterback. He's being judged by the Heisman standard, the Jalen Hurts standard. Jalen Hurts, by the way, having an unbelievable all-pro year for the Eagles right now. He's been tremendous. But, um, you know, Dylan Gabriel has not been the reason, you know, uh, well, certainly wasn't the reason Saturday night, like I said. No, the reasons were as follows. You couldn't stop the run. You couldn't tackle. You couldn't pressure the quarterback. There was no rotation defensively. Lord knows why. We didn't see a single snap from Jaron Kanick. We didn't see a single snap from Justin Harrington, just to pick two examples. And, of course, you had all of the untimely procedure penalties, on the offensive side. Of yeah, and in special there, teams, you have a chance to get momentum. You give up a 65-yard kickoff return. There are Again. a myriad of reasons that the Sooners lost this football game. But Dylan Gabriel is not very high on the list. If he performs the way that he performed on Saturday, i.e. 391 total yards, four touchdowns, no turnovers, the offense puts up 34 points and 550 yards, you should win every single football game you play. Yeah, no doubt. All right, uh, we are going to hear – well, we're up against it, so why don't we take a quick break. I, I'm getting dogged on the uh, text line. Steely paid $300 for a car battery. Yeah, installation, all of that stuff. Yes, I did, because I wanted to get back for the NFL. Oh, you- That's it. So I didn't want to go and like buy one somewhere, have me try and install it, and all I would have done was kill myself somehow trying to install a car battery. So, yes, I – I paid a little extra money. I'm for glad that. you're here on this Monday. That's morning. right. If I had, you guys know me. If I had tried to do that myself, I would be like in intensive care in the hospital right now. That's it. Moron tries to install car battery. Details at ten. One of those kind of things. Okay, uh, we'll hear from Brent on the Sooners trying to bounce back. 405-651-3439. You guys are lighting up the text line. Keep it coming. Keep it coming. We're going to get to as many as we can. Realistically, what do you think now about the rest of the season for Oklahoma? Realistically, after the K-State loss, what do you think about the rest of the season for OU? We'll get your thoughts on that as well when we get back here on the home of Sooner fans, the ref.
Well, ain't that the truth? Sooners and uh, TCU, 11 a.m. Coming up this weekend on ABC. Oklahoma, again, coming off a 41-34 loss to Kansas State. Saturday night, elsewhere in the Big 12, big one uh, between the Cowboys and Baylor and Waco, 2.30 on Fox. Tech at Kansas State, 11 a.m. on ESPN+. Iowa State at Kansas. Jayhawks, 4-0. Jalen Daniels, what a year, man. What a year for uh, Lance Leipold and Jalen Daniels and KU. That'll be a 2.30 kick on ESPN2. West Virginia at Texas. Horns fell in Lubbock over the weekend. That is a 6.30 game on Fox Sports 1. All right, so the Sooners will play an unbeaten TCU team, which came off a win over SMU over the weekend. The Frogs winning 42-34. Sonny Dykes, the new head coach. And uh, Oklahoma, again, got to get back on track this weekend, man. Got to get back on track. Here is Brent Vittables talking about uh, wanting to see how his team responds after the loss to the Wildcats. Again, we're down in the mud right now. There ain't no doubt about it. And uh, we're going to uh, take this one on the chin and uh, try to learn and grow from it. you got two options in you know, how we respond moving forward. Really just two choices. So I uh, feel very strong and have a very clear vision for, for how our guys are going to respond to this. So, again, hats off to Kansas State. They came in here and they – they earned uh, the victory in every way. wasn't any fluke about it. Uh, they they whooped us in, in every every part of it and outcoached us. There you go, Oklahoma, a six and a half point favorite in this matchup coming up this weekend in Fort Worth. So, uh, shall we take the pulse of the Air Comfort Solutions? Yes, let's do it. Absolutely, I'm, guys. We are trying to get to as many texts as we can, and they are flying. In, so thank you. John says, someone pointed out David Hicks to me at the game the other night. Was he there? If so, that guy did not show back up after halftime. Should we be concerned? No, David Hicks was not there. Wednesday is David Hicks Day, by the way. Wednesday is David Hicks Day, yes. And, Tune in uh, for that. Parker, you always get after a loss. Exactly. You know, all the recruits are going to decommit or whatever. You know, it. I, I don't know. Do you think DJ Hicks is sitting there saying, man, I tell you what, I was all in on Oklahoma, and then I saw the Kansas State game, man. And that PA announcer, no, no, I'm not going. Uh, I'm not going to Oklahoma. I, I, DJ I, Hicks is not shallow enough that he's sitting there saying, well, i got to commit to a team that's still undefeated. Otherwise, Lord knows what my future holds. Now, again, I understand the fans' concern because you're on the, the cusp of getting a five-star commitment coming up Wednesday. So, you know, I can kind of under, understand that they're a little bit worried. But sure. To but think that, you know. And here's what you have to keep in mind. If one loss is enough to tank a recruiting class, trust me, Oklahoma would be pretty far down the list among schools that are currently recruiting at a top-flight level whose classes would be tanked. Because, need I remind you, Notre Dame lost to Marshall. LSU lost to Florida State. Texas A&M lost to Appalachian State. Yep, Miami just Miami got their just butts got beat by Middle Tennessee. by Middle Tennessee State. Yep. Middle Tennessee State. Mm-hmm. So... In terms of egregiously bad losses for programs that are piecing together really solid recruiting classes in 2023, Oklahoma's is pretty far down the list. Yeah, it's also, hmm, haven't heard Steely bashing Riley today. Hmm, no, I I, I did. Look, 
USC's 4-0. You got to give them credit. I never said that Lincoln Riley wasn't a good offensive mind, maybe a great offensive mind. I just think he's a lion sack of you-know-what. So if you want to root for guys like that, that's fine. It's all, Look, give him credit. They found a way to win at Oregon State. Probably shouldn't have won the game, but Caleb made a nice throw to Jordan Addison to win the game. Um, but it's very unusual through four games for – a team to get 14 turnovers and give up zero. You got to credit USC's defense on a lot of those. But, Parker, I don't know if I've ever seen a stat like that uh, through four games a team. And four of those returned for touchdowns. Uh-huh. And, and most of those down where they were about to give up points. So, I, I think that Lincoln Riley's probably sacrificed a small animal or something. because, But, yeah, I still think he's a lion phony. Another listener says, I'm not blaming Gabriel, but if he makes just one of those throws, we at least have a tie ball game. Guess what? If your defense gets off the field on third and 16, like every defense in America should in that situation, and Dylan Gabriel leads the exact drive that he led anyway, you also have a tie ball game. So we can play that game all day. The reality is there are far more instances of the defense screwing up in a situation like that than there are Dylan Gabriel's. What about the 580? Maybe a lot of people are in this boat. Before the season, I was thinking eight and four, nine and three was realistic. But after the first three games, I fell for the hype. Goodness gracious! Because there's uh, there's no chance, right, that this loss is just a blip on the radar. Obviously, the way that they played on Saturday means they're going to lose again and again and again. What if really? they do lose again, again and again? I mean, do we, we do we really know yet? We don't know. I mean, like Brent said, he hopes it's an admiration and this is a one game deal. But it, it flips so quickly. Uh, and, and, you know, the other part of this is, look, Kansas State knows how to play Oklahoma better than anybody else outside of, you know, talking about Bama or any of these Georgia, any of these Giants. But in terms of um, Kansas State, they seem to outcoach Oklahoma, out-execute Oklahoma time and time again. And they certainly did that uh, in this game Saturday night. You know, we, I don't know, Parker. I think we'll find a lot of, out about this team on Saturday. And I'm not ready to push Certainly. the panic button, but if they lose Saturday and it looks ugly, ooh, that could be frightening. Unquestionably. But think back to 2020. The, the Sooners lost back-to-back games to open conference play in 2020. Yep. Came back then what happened? the conference. Ripped off eight straight wins. Ended up winning the Cotton Bowl. A listener in the 918 says, I just need a hug and a bottle of rock and roll tequila. <laughs> Uh, Brian in Tulsa said, if recruits decommitted from teams that took an L, then no school would have a team. Simple but fair. Uh, Another listener in the 308 says, I still feel much more relaxed after this loss than I did after several of the wins last year. Shark says, we had our derrieres handed to us. Coaches, players, every phase. It's that simple. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's true. Yeah, you're right. It's true. You got outclassed. You got flat out outclassed by Kansas State on Saturday. Do you think the players bought into the hype a little bit, maybe? Or remember, we had, uh, was it last Tuesday when there was a defensive players meeting after practice and Miguel Chavis got up and didn't seem too happy? Uh huh. Um, I don't know, man. Uh, like I said, it, a lot of it has to do with the level of opposition. Kansas State, it, it shocked me they lost to Tulane like they did. I think Kansas State's a pretty darn good football team. They could still – they might win the Big 12. Now, Kansas State tends to play their best football time and time again against Oklahoma. We'll see what happens when they host 
uh, Tech this weekend. Kansas State is a talented enough team to play for a conference. Best I, best I defense the Sooners will face all year? Yeah. Or, I, or I Baylor? Think so. I think it's Kansas State. Do you? They I very think, well could be. I would be. say Kansas State over Baylor. Camo Sooner says, people are so used to our quarterbacks covering up for bad defensive play, we are all spoiled. And, uh, a plus, yes, I agree. One listener says, I blame the loss of the Taurus and subsequent replacement with the White <laughs> Buffalo for the loss on Saturday. Oh, I like it. I oh, like gosh. It. Yeah, things aren't, uh, things aren't trending well in the early stages of the White Buffalo era. Hopefully that course is reversed on Wednesday. Yeah, we'll see. So uh, anything interesting from uh, Levy and Ted Roof today? Any new lights? Yeah, no. Ted Roof was very, very eager to move past the Kansas State game. Somebody finally asked about TCU, and he was like, yeah, let's talk about them. I'm more than ready to talk about this weekend's opponent. They're good. Max Duggins had a good year. Um, you know, Darius Davis is a pretty good wideout, too, among the best in college football. All right, break time right here. Thank you to Lasher Home Comfort Systems. We appreciate them sponsoring our first hour. Keep the text rolling in. We're going to try and get to as many as we can. Our, our listeners are unbelievable on the Air Comfort Solutions text line, 405-651-3439. All right? Keep them rolling in. We'll get to, like I said, as many as we can. Monday edition, Steelman and Thune here on the Homeless Sooner Fans, the ref. Is this one for the PA announcer or for the Sooner offensive line? Or it's both, however or, you want to take yeah, it. Yeah, there you go. Man, that's early, early Zeppelin 1 stuff there. A little communication breakdown. 405-651-3439. Riverwind Casino just uh, pulled back the curtain on one of their uh, brand-new gaming areas and the gaming floor with the renovation going on. It looks real. It looks spectacular. There are three new gaming areas Right now, happening during the remodel over at Riverwind, uh, the Skybridge Gaming Location. They've got one at the River Lounge, and they even have a non-smoking gaming area in the Showplace Theater. Now, don't you worry. Don't you fret. You're going to see some shows down the road again at the Showplace Theater when the uh, remodeling is done because that's a great concert venue, but there is gaming in there, non-smoking gaming area at the Showplace Theater. New member seven, sign up for a Riverwind wild card, get rewarded up to $450 in one day. Riverwind Casino, simply the best. All right, let's get to as many texts as we can. All right, one listener says, We get it, dime time is your boyfriend, but facts are facts. If he makes even one of those throws, the wide-open receiver, the defense stays off the field longer than three plays and maybe doesn't get burned on third and 16. Being QB1 carries different responsibilities. Listen, I, I have no partiality towards Dylan Gabriel as an individual. I just hate stupidity. And the height of stupidity 
is hanging Saturday night's loss on the quarterback because, as Brent Venables himself said, Dylan Gabriel did more than enough to win the Sooners the football game, and the rest of the team didn't do enough to come to his aid. Was he perfect? No. No quarterback is going to be perfect. If you want him to make every throw, guess what? That's not going to happen. He's going to miss one every now and again. He should be able to miss one and not have to worry about his defense getting 41 points and 500 yards hung on him. No, I agree. But he still, again, you you can't have your QB one missing uh, one every single week, though. He's got to be he's got to be a little bit better. For the most part, I think he's been good enough for Oklahoma uh, to win the majority of their football games. Maybe win the Big Twelve championship in terms of you know winning a playoff game or semifinal, which is way down the road. And if they you know there's no way they're getting there if they continue to play defense like they did Saturday night. But I don't think you can put the the huge majority of it certainly on Dylan Gabriel. No doubt. Doug from Norman says, I want to hear a kettlebell joke. Sure looked to me that OU was out toughed and got pushed around on both sides of the line. Maybe Schmitty doesn't walk on water like we've heard ad nauseum. The good news is that OU should still be in the mix for the Big 12 championship game. I'm sorry, did I miss the part where OU rushed for 220 yards and averaged over six yards a carry? They, uh, yeah, they, they ran the football and they moved the football on K-State, you know, for the majority of the game. But they, there's no doubt they got whipped on the line, uh, certainly defensively. There's no doubt about that. Just give it a little more time. Again, um, Benny Wiley uses kettlebells. Bottom line. One listener says, I think most fans are so upset because they thought the BV air would bring more discipline, physicality, and negate the issue of overlooking opponents. Yep. 11 penalties and getting manhandled by a team with far less talent is inexcusable. We all thought those problems would exit with Mule Shoe. Oh, you should always be the more physical team, but we all have to remember it's only BV's fourth game. And yes, that's what I want to emphasize here. That's well said. It was a terrible performance on Saturday night. Yeah, it was abysmal. Abysmal. And inexcusable is a good word that that listener used. But... By the same token, it's one game, and one game in and of itself does not render the entire narrative invalid. Every single football team in America, almost without exception, loses a football game at some point during the season. What Brent Venables said Saturday night carries a lot of merit. The Sooners aren't defined by that game. They're defined by how they respond. They still have everything out in front of them. And so... To those that are already labeling the Dylan Gabriel experiment a failure or saying that nothing has changed since Brent Venables took over as head coach, that's more than a little bit premature. It's over the top. It's rash. It's way too early to make a sweeping judgment like that. I agree. And uh, like I said, we'll find out a lot about this weekend. The bottom line is this. You know, the Big 12 is up for grabs. And there aren't any games you look at and just pencil in as a W now. Uh, With Kansas at 4-0, like I said, uh, Kansas State, you think Adrian Martinez had a game running and throwing? What do you think Jalen Daniels could do against Oklahoma? He might be the Big 12's most valuable player so far, the way KU's playing at 4-0. So, again, we'll we'll see. Uh, Certainly, that that was an embarrassment. Uh, what they threw out there, particularly on the defensive side of the ball Saturday night. One listener says, I genuinely don't understand the frustration with the offense. Penalties in the defense are what lost this game. Yes, I agree, as we've expressed. One listener in the 918 says, 
I know Deshaun White is a senior. He played decently, but do you think we start seeing more of Canick? I think you have to. And I I don't think that's a referendum on Deshaun White. I, I just think you have to have somebody giving Deshaun White and Danny Stutzman and David Aguebu a breather. Those three accounted for almost every single snap at those positions, if not every single snap. I don't think Deshaun White came out of the game. Yeah, and we uh, we dogged Alex Grinch because they were running guys in and out of there all the time. And, you know, there were some times on big plays where your best players weren't in there. So I'm not opposed to other guys playing. I still want to have your best guys out there for the most part. Uh, but, yeah, and what happened to Reggie Grimes? Somebody was asking, didn't register a tackle. Um, you know, so. Last word. Nothing happened with Reggie Grimes. Last word this hour belongs to this listener from the 918. If you, as a fan, just can't fathom losing to K-State, then you are the one overlooking an opponent. Like I said, K-State seems to have the secret sauce They've against the, the thorn, Sooners. man. No doubt. Hats off to them, man. They outcoached, outplayed Oklahoma again. All right, another hour to go. Keep it here on the home of Sooner fans, the ref. Hour number two presented by the Seth Wadley Auto Group in Paul's Valley. Great deals on cars, trucks, SUVs, used vehicles. They have a great selection of all of them. They'll make you a great deal and great service and a guarantee after the sale that you can't beat. Oil changes, engines for life on newer used gas or diesel at no additional cost to you. We're going to talk recruiting here in one second. Brent Venables, you could tell, man, he uh, he went through the ringer on uh, Saturday night. Obviously, he was very disappointed. BB certainly didn't mince words here. Oh, I'm pissed about all those things that happened out there today, first of all. Uh, you know, and the players aren't out there trying to do it. So, uh, we got we got to help them. You know, we got to help them. That's that's the bottom line. And uh, but that stuff matters. You know, you got them dead to rights, and we don't make the, you know, and then that happened a lot tonight, a lot. And, uh, but I, if, if there wasn't the commitment and the buy-in and all that, I wouldn't be saying there, there has been. So, uh, you know, some of that was Kansas State. Give them the credit. And then, then others, man, we got to play well. Meanwhile, on the other sideline, Adrian Martinez was probably a couple bad series away uh, from being replaced by Will Howard. That's how bad it had gotten. It was Adrian Martinez being torn apart by the K-State fans last week for his lack of performance so far this season, particularly inability to throw the ball uh, with any effectiveness in the loss to Tulane. And then after... Saturday night, 148 yards and four touchdowns on the ground, including the backbreaker on that third and 16. He also threw for 235 yards and a touchdown. Adrian Martinez had the biggest moment of his career. It's hard for me to kind of just realize this moment, you know. And uh, even at the end of the game, <laughs> when they were driving, I was screaming like, finish, we got to finish, it's not over until there's zeros on the clock, even though the game was probably <laughs> over. I, uh, you know, it's... It's a tremendous feeling and, you know, a lot a lot to be thankful for. You know, it's first game my parents came to this year also. And uh, just to have their support, have this team's support, 
meant a lot to me. He was phenomenal. He's in a long list of uh, OU quarterbacks or Sooner defenders who made you know opposing quarterbacks look like Heisman contenders. Uh, but look, good for Adrian Martinez in terms of you know they were ready to run him out of Manhattan last week, and now he's you know the hero. But uh, the OU defense certainly didn't get the job done. Okay. Parker, before we move on back to the text line, Wednesday's a big day for the Sooners. That it is. Oklahoma expected to get a commitment from a five-star defensive lineman D.J. Hicks, the best interior defensive lineman in the high school ranks for 2023, and you think the best player in the high school ranks for 2023. You still feel good about that? I feel very good. And, yes, still believe he is the best player in America at the high school level. And I, the word I have used many a time, to describe the impact that DJ Hicks could have on Oklahoma is transformational. I mean, this is the type of talent that you can build a championship defense around in Norman. And I don't necessarily think the Sooners have to have a guy like DJ Hicks to build a championship defense under the direction of Brent Venables. But getting a talent like that will go a long, long way towards doing just that. Yeah, and uh, look... Maybe that's the vaccine. Well, no, that's a. I, I don't want to use the very, the V word. Um, that is the boost. No, that is the news. Sooner fans need on Wednesday is to get the best defensive player in the high school ranks committed to Oklahoma after what happened Saturday night. Look, they've again they're recruiting at a high level. There's so much to like. They they played horribly. They played horribly, especially on the defensive side of the ball Saturday night. You've just got to hope, again, this was a one-off situation. I'm not saying this is going to be a great shutdown Oklahoma defense, but I don't think it's that bad. And I think a lot of it is the matchup. And they just got – they didn't get punched in the mouth once. Uh, you know, Nebraska did that. They got knocked to the canvas right off the bat, down 14 to nothing. Because I think a lot of Sooner fans are thinking, all right, well, you know – same thing happened against Nebraska. We bounced back, and the second drive was just as methodical and dominating. And uh, Kansas State was just pushing Oklahoma around. It felt like the Sooners were trying to get the momentum back all night long, and when they were that close to getting that momentum back, they would do something to blow it. You know, false start, can't convert on that fourth down pass to Drake Stoops, give up a long kickoff return of 60-plus yards when you had the crowd back into it. It was just one of those kind of nights. Give Kansas State credit, man. They deserved it. All right, 405-651-3439. Seen a lot of dumb takes on the Air Comfort Solutions text line. Let's As is understandable. Now, this is just one I want to highlight. Canick should replace Stutzman. Look, I'm as bullish on Jaron Canick as everybody, but nobody should be replacing Danny Stutzman. Danny Stutzman does not need to be replaced. No, I mean, look, he had a bad game like everybody else in the defense. Who played well on the defensive side of the yeah, football? Yeah, legit. legit. Sean White that. had a couple breakups, but he also had some whiffs as well. Um, uh, Jalen Redman, a little bit, but, uh, I mean, I, I don't know. People need to realize. Billy Bowman had a nice knock away on the, uh, the potential touchdown pass for K-State in the end zone. He also was probably interfered with on that interception. Nah, it was bang, bang. Yeah. I didn't mind the no call there. But, but. I, there's not anybody I think you can look at and say, yeah, he had a great game. Yeah, well, and people need to realize the grass ain't always greener, right? If you replace Danny Stutzman with one of your backups, guess what? The backups probably just – he's going to make just as many mistakes, if not more, than Danny Stutzman did on Saturday night. 
And Danny Stutzman has done plenty over the course of his first year and a half in Sooner Crimson to earn the benefit of the doubt. I would think. Similarly, the same folks that are clamoring to see Davis Bevel because they're unsatisfied with what Dylan Gabriel has done need to understand there's a reason Dylan Gabriel is the starting quarterback at the University of Oklahoma. And there's a reason Oklahoma dipped into the transfer portal not once but twice after spring ball to bring in depth. It's because they realized how steep of a drop-off there was between Dylan Gabriel and the rest of their quarterback room. So, trust me, if Dylan Gabriel, like, if the margin were slim between Dylan Gabriel and somebody like Davis Bevel or General Booty, we'd have caught wind of that by now. Yeah, and it's, it, it isn't. No, at it's this not. point. Uh, <laughs> Parker and Steely, please remind the text line of who also lost by seven points at home in their first season as Oklahoma's head coach. Oh, and he also had not one, but two Heisman winners on his roster. They're referring, of course, to Muleshoe. Yes. And Oklahoma ended up going to the college football playoff that year. Yeah. And and again, uh, Isaiah Cole played well, says the 405. Did Yeah, I guess he made a play or two. I mean, but overall. You know who the, really played well was Eric Gray. Eric Gray had a Eric fantastic game. Eric Gray was outstanding. Game. He ran tough, man. He got physical. Uh, it's obviously helped him with Schmitty in the weight room, although, you know, Kansas State <laughs> still pushed Oklahoma around for the most part in a lot of areas, particularly on the uh, – offensive line uh Kansas State's offensive line did but Eric Gray man I couldn't be more impressed with him because you could tell he's like man I gotta run physical and this is a physical game and he did that Terry from Dewey says my opinion on Gabriel he's not as talented as past QBs but will play well enough to give them an opportunity to win every game his greatest value may be his leadership time will tell look that's fair that's reasonable guess what no Dylan Gabriel isn't as talented as your past QBs you had two straight Heisman winners, followed by a Heisman runner-up, followed by two dudes that had all the talent in the world to be mm-hmm. Heisman finalists. Heck, Caleb Williams still may be. I, I don't want to get into what's gone on with Spencer Rattler because yeah. that's gone sideways. I, I think he's but completely lost confidence. It's, and I it's think all was, between the He was a little bit him. overrated. I think it's, it's a confidence problem for him, and he's not quite as good as we thought he would be. But for Dylan Gabriel, no. In terms of sheer physical gifting and ability – he is not Baker Mayfield. He is not Kyler Murray. He is not Jalen Hurts. He shouldn't have to be. What he has done thus far this season, 13 total touchdowns, no interceptions, 66% completion rate, that's good enough for the Sooners to be 4-0 right now. What wasn't good enough on Saturday night was the defense, and that's where the majority of the blame lies. Not all of the blame, and I'm not completely absolving Dylan Gabriel. Again, he made a couple throws or rather missed a couple of throws that you'd like him to make and that he reasonably probably should make. But when you look at the ratio of good throws to mistakes, it's more than adequate for Oklahoma to be 4-0 right now. Yeah, if uh, if I'd have told you four games into the season his numbers would be better than uh, Caleb Williams, what would you have thought? And Caleb's numbers are pretty good. They're undefeated. That's the most important number at SC so far. But uh, Dylan Gabriel's had a good year, but he obviously not a great year. And, again, you've got to make more of those throws. I, look, if he wasn't 0-4 on those open touchdown throws and he was you know, 2-4, it wouldn't be as big an issue. But I think one – there tends to be one that stands out in every game. And there were two, you know, the in both the Drake Stoops Saturday night. 
But I think he's a good kid. I think he works hard. I think he's a leader, and you can win with him. You you can't have, you know, the three Stooges defense out there all night, though, right? So, anyway, 405-651-3439, Air Cover Solutions text line. One listener in the 918 says, I'm not criticizing the depth chart, but is there a specific reason Key doesn't start or the things he doesn't do well in the games that I'm not seeing? Uh, he just hasn't practiced spectacularly. Not that he's practiced badly. But he hasn't clearly separated himself at that position, which is why you've seen some Justin Broyles and why you've seen some DeMond Harmon, especially, over yeah. the last couple of games. I think he's been good. But, yeah, Key Lawrence just really has not seized that role the way he did a year ago for one reason or another. All right, 405-651-3439. Let's get one more in before we break. The only reason the missed throws stick out is because the defense was terrible and OU had to outscore K-State. If he missed those throws and OU still wins, it wouldn't be as big of a deal. Unfortunately, he needed to be perfect Saturday because of the defense, and he wasn't. So says Sam in Edmond. Yeah, I, look, I, I was shocked about how the defense got pushed around all night long. They had a couple stops again where you think, all right, to get back into it after they got punched again to go down 14 to nothing. But, uh, you know, and Brent just talked about how there were so many breakdowns, you know, leverage and where they were supposed to be and taking bad angles and, and all of that. So it'll be interesting to see because, you know, TCU's got a pretty decent offense. Got Max Duggan's playing well. Chandler Morris is still there. You've got one of the best receivers again in college football in uh, Darius Davis on the roster. So, Oklahoma better play a lot better this coming Saturday. Or guess what? They could be taking another L. I expect they will play better, but we have to wait and see. 11 a.m. on ABC, Rooster kickoff down in Fort Worth. Home of Sooner fans, Steelman and Thune, we're coming right back. You do have some basket cases out there, no doubt. Welcome back, 405-651-3439. And I can understand why people around here love their Sooner football. It's very important to them, and you don't want to see what they threw out there Saturday night, particularly on the defensive side of the football. You know what I'm saying? They take their football very seriously here. I have seen that over 40 years. Some people get really angry. I did see the uh, Davis Bevel train didn't quite take off. That one guy was trying to get going Saturday night. That uh-huh. that one never left the tracks. Uh-huh. Somebody in the nine four zero said, "What QB went sixteen for thirty six for one eighty and a touchdown? If Dylan would have done the same, we would have lost by thirty. Yeah, that was Caleb Williams. That's who he's referring to." Yeah, I mean, uh, look, Caleb made a big throw late to Jordan Addison, no doubt. SC found a way to win. They, they were, I mean, they got stuffed by Oregon State most of the night. I understand he had a few drop passes here and there, but uh, you know, 
got to give credit so far. Old mule shoes getting it done, but we knew that he was going to win games out there. We didn't know that Alex Grinch was going to turn over, uh, turn into a turnover machine. Where, like I said, he couldn't hardly buy one with that defense he had at Oklahoma, even though he was preaching turnovers all the time. One listener in the nine one eight says, "I'm legitimately concerned that Kansas has won more games than we have." Uh, again, obligatory and weekly at this point. Tip of the cap to Lance Leipold and Jalen Daniels, who has been he's got to be the fantastic. Big Twelve Player of the Year right now, right? Right now, yes, I yeah. would say so. He's but, also this guy also says, "Is it three twenty on Tuesday yet?" I need to hear from the Bob Father. <laughs> yeah, uh, well, I, I think a lot of people need to hear yeah, from Bob. That's right, Bob, because Bob Bob is the one that can calm the masses as far as the freakout is concerned. But, man, here's the deal. Here's what you don't do. You don't crown a champion after four weeks. Because I promise you, you don't even crown a champion after six weeks, eight weeks. Imagine telling anybody last October that Baylor was going to be the Big 12 champion. Nobody would have taken you seriously, Steely. But that's the way things unfolded. Imagine telling anybody back in 2020, after the Sooners dropped their first two games in conference play, that they were going to rip off eight straight wins and go and win the Big 12 just as they'd done each of the previous five years. So to me, was it concerning some of the things that we saw on Saturday night? Undoubtedly. The Sooners have a ton of things to correct. And guess what? We're going to find out on Saturday whether they've been corrected. Because TCU offensively, is a team that, and Ted Roof just mentioned it in his press conference not much more than an hour ago, they are averaging eight yards a play. Max Duggan, in terms of his skill set, very similar to Adrian Martinez. You're going to have to account for his mobility. They have some legitimate weapons at wide receiver, not the least of whom is Quentin Johnson, who toasted the Sooners last year. Quentin Johnson's big time. Darius Davis, good Zach Evans at running back. Yeah. TCU's a scary offense. And so, guess what? If the Sooners haven't fixed things in practice throughout the week, we're going to find out real quick on Saturday. We're going to find out what this defense is made of. And so I don't think you have to look any further than this coming Saturday to figure out what kind of defense Oklahoma has on its hands and what kind of resilience they have in the locker room. Do you order the code red if they lose to TCU? Oh, absolutely. I mean, if they lose to TCU, and as you mentioned, Johnston has had great success. Uh, one of the most talented receivers in the country, Darius Davis, is a good one. Uh, he's averaging 18 yards a clip so far and leads him in touchdowns. Uh, you know, guys who are going to be playing on Sundays down the road. So, you know, if you don't win this game and, you know, that belief starts to, uh, you know, maybe the players start to get a little more doubt going on, then you have to go to the Cotton Bowl where Quinn Ewers is going to play. Look, uh, Texas lost in Lubbock over the weekend, obviously. But, I mean, what if <laughs> what you don't need if you're Brent Venables in your first season is to go like 7-5 and five and lose to, like, the Longhorns and Oklahoma State. That's about as bad as it can get. So we'll see. It's still very early, but I do think – is this the real litmus test game uh, for Oklahoma, this TCU matchup? We, we kind of thought I, Kansas I, State was. I still think it's Texas. Do you? Yeah. Um, I still think that's the game that's going to dictate the outcome of Oklahoma's season. That's either what's going to give them a giant emotional lift or sink their spirits. 
maybe for good. We kind of had TCU as the trap game on the schedule, right? Yeah, TCU, yes. Again, we always, everybody looks overlooks Kansas State somehow, you know? Well, and here's the thing about it, though. I don't think anybody was overlooking Kansas State until they lost to Tulane. Well, like the yeah. second they lost to Tulane, I think we were kind of all like, okay, well, run of the mill this weekend. OU will romp, and we'll see what happens when they go to AMG Carter the next weekend. But Kansas State and Chris Kleiman proved once again, and maybe one day we will learn, Steely, that you just can't look past this Kansas no State doubt. team no doubt. any given year. I can't tell whether this text is sarcastic or not. This is uh, either the super sarcastic guy or the end is near guy. Bottom line, this team was overrated and OU is no longer a blue blood. They are a mid-top 25 team at best. This year, prepare for at least six to seven losses. Brent can't save this team. Going to the SEC is a huge mistake. OU will be lucky to win three games there. I'm guaranteeing most of these recruits will decommit. I'm going to give this listener the benefit of the doubt and say he's being sarcastic. Also, yes, several listeners pointing out, I, I completely misspoke. Zach Evans is at Ole Miss now, not TCU. I don't know why. I don't know who I confused him oh, with. Oh, okay. I'm sorry. Why they, I mentioned they just he was... blew right by me. I'm sorry. I yeah, no, that was a very that. Stephen A. Smith moment on my part. No, Zach Evans is not at TCU anymore. Um, <laughs> somebody said Pistol Pete put down the phone. That's a, That was Underground Bunker guy. Order all your supplies right now from MyPatriot.com. Everything is situational, says one listener. Sooners tie the game at 14-all and seize the momentum. On the following kickoff, Kansas State regains momentum with return to midfield. If Schmidt kicks the ball in the end zone, that never happens. Poor tackling, poor coverage, overall very poor special teams play. And we talked about this on the pregame show Saturday. Kansas State's advantage in the special teams game and how that could impact things. And it kind of went understated because it was early on, and I think a lot of folks forgot by the end of the game. But that was a very crucial moment in the contest when Malik Knowles ripped off that long 60-plus yard kick return down the left sideline. Yeah, that was huge. Again, there were so many moments in the game where Oklahoma had a chance to grab the momentum in the game and Kansas State took it right right back away from them. Credit to Kansas State. Three or four losses is possible. That's when recruits will start to decommit. What do you think? Well, uh, how many losses did Texas A&M have last year? A bunch. I'll save you the re- mm-hmm. research. Four. Mm-hmm. They lost four football games last year. Didn't stop them from signing the number one overall class. And I know, uh, listen, I know the instant reaction on the text line is going to be, well, Texas A&M paid off all those guys. That's why they signed the number one class. But, and I'm trying to figure out what a rational way to assuage those doubts are. Or is, excuse me. But look, Texas has recruited on an elite level for a decade. And not once over the course of that decade have they lost fewer than four games in a season. Guess what? Brent Venables and this staff, what they're doing on the recruiting trail, it isn't predicated on success right now. It's predicated primarily on relationships. Yeah. And the promise of success once you get to Norman. Being a part of a team that establishes a new culture, a new identity, and rises back to the level of playing championship football. 
I'm not worried about a wave of decommits. I'm laughing at one guy said, uh, the problem is Ted Roof. Why aren't you guys addressing that? I mean, it's still Brent's handling the defense for the most part, right? Don't you feel like? I mean, up on a roof. So, <laughs> now yeah, that, it's, this is, that's the first Ted Roof thrown under the bus moments. I know. Let's see, the Roof PA had kind guy, of avoided the criticism Dylan Gabriel, now. the PA guy, pretty much everybody. Has anybody been spared? They got to play better. There's no doubt that they, they've got to play. That was an yeah, look, embarrassing no, defensive effort. Nobody is spared except for three guys. There are three guys that I will completely absolve of criticism. Eric Gray, Eric Gray, Marvin Mims, Mims. Braden Willis. Those three were outstanding on Saturday. Yeah, man. Everybody Braden else kind of shoulders some of the blame to a certain extent. What are they going to do with? Are they going to arrest the PA guy? Do we know what is? What are they going to charge him with? Somebody said, yes, fire roof. He missed a ton of tackles. Uh, another listener said, I cried Saturday, not because of the game, but because of Dewey Selman's speech at the dedication. Yeah, you know, that, Man, the it's such a bummer. It, it's to play that poorly on defense on the day when you're honoring the Selman brothers. You were you were there? No, you were. I was there. You you made it right after your airship. That's right. What did you think? I heard Leroy Selman Jr. was really good. Dewey too. was awesome, man. Dewey did have the best. Hey, speech. the Selman brothers, like I said, uh, that's about as good as it gets. That is the first family of Oklahoma football, and when you have the success they've all had in life, and have the humility that they all have had, you know, ever since I can remember. I mean, that family raised some fine young men that have turned into great, uh, you know, older gentlemen, too. They're the best. Reaction still pouring in on the text line. One listener says, obviously, it's all on turnip seed. Another says, Phil Collins can go to hell, too. <laughs> so, okay, now you got Thad Turnipseed and Phil Collins. How was the uh, the light show moment on uh, in the air tonight? It was awesome. It's just... Uh, it's not something that anybody wants to reflect on after yeah. the fact because they're like, well, we lost. Well, and the other thing I saw a lot of was, man, what are we doing the light show? We're down 14. I, and I get that. Patrick says fire the hype guy. I'm assuming he's referring to the, uh, the field MC. Another says, why are we even talking about four losses? Field goal kicking was a strength this week. Zach, Sm- yeah. Zach Schmidt yeah. had a couple of nice not kicks. Bad. Yes, agree. Um. Hey, something we're not talking about. Hey, Texas lost this past weekend, too, for what that's worth. Well, why don't we play? We've got our Longhorn Nation opener. We can play that uh, as a tribute to Texas as we go into a break. All right. Yes, Texas lost in Lubbock, so let's feel better about ourselves. Ladies and gentlemen, it's the wrap. The homeless Sooner fans, we'll give you a little Longhorn 8-bits into the break. Longhorn Nation, we're back.
Okay, we're back. Mike Steely, Parker Thune, Steelman and Thune here on the home of Sooner fans, the Ref Radio Network. Hour number two, presented by the Seth Wadley Auto Group in Paul's Valley, exit 72 for a great deal on a car, truck, or SUV, plus used vehicles, great selection out there, great guarantee, oil changes, engines for life on newer used gas or diesel. Riverwind Casino, the hotline, 405-329-9000. And, again, want to remind you there's some remodeling and renovations happening at Riverwind. You can go look at the brand-new gaming area they have on the uh, on the gaming floor that they just pulled back the curtain on. It looks unbelievable. There are three new gaming areas there right now. If you can't find your favorite electronic gaming machine, they have over 2,800. Uh, you can find them at one of three places. Uh, now we have a non-smoking area in the uh, Showplace Theater where you can find games. And then you have the River Lounge and the Skybridge area where you can find games there as well. And again, eventually after the remodel is done and everything, uh, we will have concerts back in the Showplace Theater. It's too good of a, a concert venue uh, not to use down the road. So, But right now you're going to find a non-smoking gaming area over there. And if you haven't been to Riverwind and gotten your wild card, you need to do that. Sign up, play, get rewarded. The new member seven program, uh, you can win up to $450 in one day out at Riverwind Casino, simply the best. All right, so let's see. We've we've blamed uh, the defense, Dylan Gabriel, uh, the PA guy, you want, let's, Ted Rue, Phil Collins. Who else? Uh, one listener says, "I blame the alternate uniforms for the loss." Yeah, the, the alternate uniforms didn't didn't show up. Uh, Jim in Arlington says, "The overload of love that OU got last weekend on KREF, plus the assumption they were going to roll over K State." on various KREF shows had me very nervous. So KREF has been thrown under the bus now as well. Well, I mean, um, there is some truth to that. I think we were all feeling pretty good. Um, yeah, I mean, so. we, yeah, we looked we looked past Kansas State as much as anybody. Uh, 918 Rod says, someone said they didn't see one player on defense who would play in the NFL. I don't believe this. What do you guys think? For Oklahoma or for Kansas State? Because I need some clarification on that. Well, K-State's You're talking about Kansas State. At least three. There are at least four or five yeah. players on that defense that will play NFL football. You know, they actually did a pretty good job protecting the passer and running the football. You know, against, again, Kansas State might be the best defense OU plays exactly. all year until, and that's the, what, you know, they get unless they get somehow to the playoff, which they're a mile away from right now. And that's what makes Oklahoma's offensive performance all the more impressive to me. I think we're actually underselling what the offense did on Saturday because that is a really talented Kansas State defense and especially a really talented front four. Oklahoma won that battle all night. Dylan Gabriel was sacked once. Kansas State sacked him one time. Mm -hmm. They ran the ball, as I mentioned earlier, for 220 yards, over six yards per carry. The Sooners were not deficient up front. If you told Oklahoma fans, here's what's going to happen Saturday, all right? You're going to total 550 total yards. You are going to average 6.1 yards per carry rushing the football. Eric Gray is going to go for over 100 yards. And you're not going to turn the ball over. They would have said, hmm, okay, three touchdown win. Guess what? Didn't happen because the defense no-showed. Yeah. The offense has its share of the blame. And again, uh, the ridiculous uh, shooting themselves in the foot time and time and time again. The pre-snap penalties were just absolute poison for OU. All right, let's see who else we're blaming. Austin says it's TJ's fault. 
Well, as it always is. <laughs> yeah, there you go. Uh, another says it's Joel Klatt's fault for calling OU a playoff team and Gus Johnson's fault for not feeling well in the second half of the Nebraska game. Uh, another listener adds, I uh, I blame Colin Cowherd. He said Oklahoma looked like the second best team in the nation. Yeah, Ka- Cowherd uh, was trolling OU fans again this weekend. Kyle and Broken Bow says, Coach Snyder said go get number four, but not against us. Is everyone forgetting that? So we've thrown Bill Snyder under the bus mm-hmm. now. Bill Snyder is partially responsible. Uh, this listener says people blaming the offense shouldn't be allowed to watch football anymore. Again, like what Steely just said, I want to reiterate that. If you had told any OU fan heading into the Kansas State game that their offense was going to put up 550 yards, not turn the ball over, and score 34 points, do you think Anybody would have said no to that? You think anybody would have said they're not satisfied with that? You think anybody would have said, oh, yeah, well, Kansas State's going to come in here and upset us anyway if they had that knowledge? No. Oklahoma played plenty well offensively to be able to win that You were there, by the way, in the locker room. You heard from Brent. You heard from Jeff Levy and Ted Roof. You heard from the players. Um, do you? Did you get – obviously, you're down after any loss like that, but what what did you think particularly about the players' attitude in the postgame locker room? And what did you – did you still hear optimism, a lot of optimism? Obviously, they're they down. They were kind of shell-shocked. Were they? Because, again, like, people were asking in the immediate aftermath of that football game, did this team practice at all during the week? Yeah, what happened on Saturday wasn't for lack of practice. Although we did have that, that defensive uh, meeting, though, right on Tuesday. It yeah. didn't mean they and didn't practice. Ted Roof if- was asked about that. He said, yeah, look, Tuesday wasn't a great day, but we looked, we looked good on Wednesday. We looked good on Thursday. We looked good on Friday. By the time Saturday rolled around, kind of figured that they had all their ducks in a row. Remind us again what the PA guy did. <laughs> it's like The PA guy is like public enemy number one now. So the PA guy, right, with OU trying to run fast and run a tempo offense, he's saying boomer right before on a first down, right? And the Sooners are trying to line up and run a play and get the uh, get the signal in and get the call in, and uh, that's distracting when you're trying to go fast. Parker, you're there. What is What is it like? As far as the tempo? No, the PA guy. Oh, the PA guy. The PA guy. Yeah, it's. He, he, I, I figure that's probably the last time you will ever hear him yelling boomer after announcing a first down. Because you saw the clips on social media. Do you think they, uh, do you think they went in the, op, in the office today? Hey, you could trouble me for a warm glass of shut the hell up, okay? Now you will go to sleep or we will put you to sleep. Yeah, that's probably about how it went down. So that experiment, I would figure, is over. Uh, Back to the text line. (laughs) How does the PA guy affect recruiting? (laughs) Stay tuned at the top of the hour. We'll talk about it on Locked In. Uh, Felix Andy DK Uzoma was barely called. Mm -hmm. That's a feat in itself. Yeah, it is. He was a non-factor for much of that football game. Uh, The OU defense, any NFL players right now, ask 918-ROD. Yeah, Danny Stutzman is. Billy Bowman is. Mm -hmm. Woody Washington absolutely is. Yep. Jalen Redmond is. Yep. Ethan Downs and Reggie Grimes are. Mm, yeah, I would say there yeah. are more NFL players than non-NFL players on this OU defense right now. Again, you wouldn't have guessed it by the way that they all played Saturday, but it's still a very talented defense. 
one listener says, I blame Justin Royals, allowing the wide receiver to jump into him, causing P.I. on third and long. Another says it's Donald Trump's fault. And uh, we have officially run the gamut. It's the Lon Kruger curse, says this listener. Former player and coach from K-State that loses to their old school. Hmm, the Cougar curse. Maybe there is something to that. K-State's been a thorn, man. They've been a thorn. I told, uh, you know, my first ever Oklahoma football game is a loss to K-State in 1970. This listener from the 580 says, I bought some new binoculars and took them to the game Saturday. It's my fault. (laughs) I jinxed them. Okay. This loss is on camo sooner, everybody. Who's your favorite? That is the scapegoat this week. I don't know if it's, it's... a coin flip between Phil Collins and the PA guy, I would say. Do you think the PA guy got a call today um, or was, like, called into the office? Jeff Levy made it pretty clear that that wasn't going to be a yeah, problem Jeff, anymore. Jeff Levy was just like, <laughs> we will handle that internally. Was there, like, in Casino, do you think he was he's buried somewhere in an Oklahoma cornfield or something? Or cotton field? I don't know. What kind of fields do we have? Oh, I did. <laughs> when Jeff Levy said that, you could tell you you could tell what that meant was yeah that won't be happening again. Um, <laughs> uh, this nine one eight listener oh, says man. Parker saying more NFL players than not makes me feel worse. Thanks, Parker. I mean, look, I would say there were more NFL players than not on the defensive side of the ball for Kansas State too, and that defense got torched. I think it should give you a sense of guarded optimism. The reality that there's so much NFL talent on the defensive side of the football for Oklahoma. Because when they get it figured out, and they will get it figured out, they're going to start playing really good defense. Again, it's just kind of unclear when they're going to have it all figured out. Especially after Saturday. Because it was a bad performance all the way around. However, I'm comfortable asserting, and I will eat all the crow you want me to if I'm wrong, I'm comfortable asserting that we're not going to see that type of performance again from OU's defense for the remainder of this season. My boss went to Africa. It's his fault we lost. Did he bless the rains down in Africa and do do the things he never had? Do we know? Sorry. Bad Toto reference. Yeah, that one was an L. I don't know. I'm, I'm just saying the coin flip for me on the blame game goes to uh, Phil Collins of the PA guy. One listener says, no first-round draft picks on our team at all unless it's a true freshman that they're not playing. Uh, no, sir, Marvin Mims exists. Did he say defense, though? Was he talking about defense? No, he or said the whole on team? our team at all. I, I would think that Marvin Mims has a pretty good chance uh, to go yeah. first round. Yeah. yeah, that boy good. Yeah, he's good, all right. Mm-hmm. Braden Willis had himself a game, too, yeah. no doubt about it. But, you know, he's been a good leader out there, and he's he's going to play on Sundays also. Okay, we're going to break right here. Get to as many texts as we can when we get back. 405-651-3439. Air Comfort Solutions text line. It's a manic Monday. The blame game continues. Current leader in the clubhouse. Wow, look, it's the PA guy. He's taking over. Stay with us. Be back on the Home of Sooner Fans.
Welcome back. Weezer's always been a good band. Fun band. 405-651-3439. Air Comfort Solutions text line. Man, the Sooners, you better be ready now in this new Big 12. You know, you're going to be challenged every single week now. So they better be ready again coming up on Saturday, 11 a.m. against TCU. It's going to be uh, it's going to be an interesting game. Let's see who else we're blaming on the Air Comfort Solutions text right. line. Uh, one listener in the 580 says, I blame the people selling the Coke. Too much ice. <laughs> uh, Jay from Medill says, my wife didn't have our OU famous cheese dip made before the game started. It was her fault. She will do better. Uh, one listener in the 304 says, I'll take the blame for Saturday. A win was my birthday wish on the 24th, and evidently I haven't been good enough no, this year. No, man. Another asks, can we send Steely's uncle to have a word with the PA guy? <laughs> Maybe he did. Who knows? Uh, one listener in the 405 says, the loss was my wife's fault, broke my lucky FM radio before the game started, and blamed my golden retriever. It's oh, never the golden retriever's fault. You can't blame the dog. You cannot blame the dog. Never is it the golden retriever's fault. <laughs> Another says, I blame gatekeeping from the other station. <laughs> Oh, somebody's blaming Scooby. I blame the Canada, game. says Boomer Brady. Blame yes, this is Canada's fault, one thousand percent. We have another person blaming Bill Snyder. He developed the Power Cat, the ugliest helmet graphic in college football history. They wore retro white helmets versus Tulane. What do you think of the Power Cat? I think it's all right. I, I don't think love it's a, it. It's a pretty good logo. It I looks like, like a stencil look. to me. It, it looks like a stencil. A little bit of a stencil, yes, but. Uh, and I like their their home purple uniforms, but the uh, what are they called the the retro helmets? Is it Pennant Willie? Yeah, Pennant Willie. Yeah, that that's a Pennant pretty Willie's good awesome. That's a pretty good retro look. But you know what? They got out helmeted by Tulane in that game too. Another another listener here says I blame Mule Shoe. Well, yes, I mean he's pure evil, so why not? It's my fault, says one nine one eight listener. First home game since twenty seventeen. All right, you're not coming back. We'll get you the pay-per-view package or how, whatever it is. These ESPN Plus. We'll get you ESPN Plus. You're not coming to the games anymore. How could you envision the PA guy meeting went down? Like, I know his real name. We'll just call him for this. <laughs> we'll call him Bill. Okay, Bill. Bill, um, listen, we need to sit down and, and have a conversation with you. Do you think that's when Jeff Levy walks in the door? Jeff, got him in here. <laughs> is Jeff Levy the bruiser? It is. He comes in. You can trouble me for a warm glass of shut the hell up. Okay. I think they might have taken him and buried him somewhere. We'll see. If there's a different voice on the PA this weekend, you know he got the Joe Pesci tr- treatment at the end of Casino. One listener says, I blame Texas. Always blame Texas. Uh, two words, rat poison, says another listener. Again, I I don't think it's rat poison. I, I just I don't feel like this team is going to be susceptible to rat poison, it's at least not to the sauce. extent that— It's K-State secret sauce is yeah, what it is. Like, this is just—at at the end of the day, man, as much as we talk about how bad Oklahoma was, you also have to give Kansas State a ton of credit— for the game that they played, and you have to tip your cap 
to Adrian Martinez, who played the game of his life. Sometimes OU playing poorly and the opponent playing well are not mutually exclusive. I have it on good authority they dumped the PA's got PA guy's body at Lake Thunderbird. I just got that. <laughs> Authorities say the body washed ashore this morning. It's believed to be the PA guy at the University of Oklahoma who was in trouble for yelling boomer after every first down. Turns into a Dateline Keith Morrison Dateline episode. Patrick says, put Tyler on the mic. Yeah, Tyler's got the voice down. So, if there ever comes a point in time He does, the he PA does guy. a good PA guy voice, no yeah. doubt. Okay, thank you again to uh, the Seth Wadley uh, Auto Group in Paul's Valley. Appreciate you sponsoring our second hour. Thanks to our friends at Riverwind Casino. Simply the best. And <laughs> uh, you have to laugh rather than cry at that performance Saturday night. So, at least we got... Some good laughs in there at the end, hopefully. All right, stay tuned. We got locked in coming up next. Have a great Monday.